Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Sherry Reidenauer, First Lady of Muncie. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A two-part virtual workshop. Another two-parter? Or is it this, the same two-parter we talked about last week? Oh, it's the same one that we talked about last week. But it's so good, we had to talk about it twice. Because it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter, indeed. So this is Stress Triage. It'll be on Wednesday, December 22nd, and Thursday, December 23rd. Right before Christmas. Right before the holiday. You're not going to be doing anything that week anyway. You're just waiting around to go home. Wrap presents, go home, do whatever. Maybe dealing with some stress of your own, so you might need to learn how to stress triage it. There you go. So there you go. But yes, this is going to be presented by Sarah Raitkin. She is the founder and chief happiness officer of Happiness is Courage, Inc., What are we going to learn? Well, in these two sessions, you're going to learn what's the difference between acute and chronic stress. Acute? Is it like... Cute? Really. Really acute? Really acute? (laughs) Nope. Something different? Nope. I think that's something different. You go to this workshop and you'll find out. You'll learn how leaders identify stress in themselves and their teams. You'll learn what are the benefits of a formal stress management strategy? What are ways individuals can manage stress in the moment? And you'll learn how organizations can create cultures that mitigate the impacts of stress. Well, it sounds very interesting. It's right before Christmas. There's no reason why you can't attend. It's all virtual, right? Yeah, it's all virtual. So sit at your computer. You don't even have to wear real clothes if you don't want to. You can wear your pajamas. Workshop, SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Sherry Reidenauer, First Lady of Muncie. Welcome! Good morning! Great to have you here. So what's it like to be the First Lady of Muncie? Actually, not a lot has changed. Okay. <laughs> not really, especially the first year with COVID. We didn't have a lot of events. Um, much different than when Dan was campaigning when we would be at seven events in one day. Yeah. So that was a big deal. But now it's just really nice. I mean, um, it's nice um, for Dan and it's nice for that we're doing events now and that things are coming back and we're opening things up. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know that much about you. Well, a little bit about my background. I am not originally from here. I'm from a small town in northwest Georgia. I thought you might be from the South. You've got a little bit of a Southern drawl. <laughs> yeah. I left the South when I graduated from college. Oh, okay. And um, haven't had the good fortune to move back. But it's where your roots are. It's where your home is. But a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in the country. So um, I'm probably more comfortable with cows and horses than I am with a lot of people. Uh, my best friend uh, lived the cornfield over from me. 
and um, we still are just like when we get together it's like nothing has changed you know we're still out fishing in the pond and you know crowning the cows and getting all of that going but um, so that is how I grew up my childhood my high school and claim to fame is still the only school in Georgia we were um, a small school but we went undefeated in football, undefeated, untied, all the way to state. Wow. And so, and we still hold that. Wow. wow. So right. That's pretty that's, good. Yeah, so every now and then we have a reunion. I was one of the cheerleaders. Woohoo! And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, we get together about every 10, 15 years. Everybody does, the ones that are still with us. Um, let's see, college. Um, because I was in that northwest corner of Georgia, I was about 30 minutes from Alabama and about 30 minutes from Tennessee. And my daddy's family is all from um, Tennessee. So I chose to go to University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. It's only like 30 minutes away. And I uh, love Chattanooga. I don't know if you've been there, but it is lovely. I think I've driven through it, but that's about it. Oh, you ought to stop and stay a while. <laughs> okay. It is beautiful. Um, Dan actually went back, and he ran the first seven bridges. If you know Tennessee and Chattanooga, there's a lot of hills. So it was not an easy marathon for him, but he ran it, completed it. Um, and after I graduated from college, I moved away. And um, I go home as often as I can and visit as often as I can. But um, Where'd you move away to? Um, my first move from Chattanooga was to Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, I've lived all over New England. Okay. Okay. So lived in, and, uh, and I moved to Indiana in the year 2000. Okay. So that's how long I've been an Indiana girl. I've lived in Indiana longer than anywhere except home. So it is my home now. Okay. So now, Indiana Muncie or Indiana just? Indiana Muncie. Okay. okay. I've lived here for 21 years and I love it. Okay. Awesome. So what brought you to Muncie? Um, my first husband, who passed, he was an executive with Ball Corp. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was in graduate school, and I was undergrad, and he was from New York, which is why we ended up in the New England area. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Well, how in the world did you meet Dan, then? Well, I met <laughs> Dan. I'm a nurse. Okay. And uh, nurse, nursing was my second career, but um, I was running the intensive care and the progressive care departments at Ball Hospital and loved it, loved Ball. It was all good. But two of my nurses, you know, because Dan has been in banking for years and years, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the nurses met him um, through banking to purchase a house, loved him. And her, her best friend, she had her go to him as well. And then the two of them conspired and thought, <laughs> because I was with, you know, I was single. Yeah. And um, he was single. And he was a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. He's a runner. I'm a runner. And they thought we would be perfect together. And they set up a blind date. And I agreed to a cup of coffee at uh, Empty Cup. Okay. Yeah, it was called the MT Cup. I know back the MT Cup back in the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. You remember? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we remember. We went on yeah. some dates there too. So <laughs> now what was that first career then? If second career was a nurse. Yeah, my first career was psychology. Okay. I got my degree from uh, University of Tennessee Chattanooga in behavioral therapy, behavioral psychology. Um, that's what it was back then. And I was really, really interested 
in um, eating disorders, personality types, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. I mean, they're often really high achievers, and um, so I was very interested in that. But my career in nursing was unforeseen. I was was nine months pregnant with my first son, and um, my brother was in college. He was at uh, Georgia Tech, and I do not come from a wealthy family. I told you we were, you know, lived on the farm. Mm -hmm. So um, he was in uh, engineering school at Georgia Tech, so he went to school during the daytime, and then he worked in the evening. And uh, after school all day, evening shift, he and his roommate, his car crashed, and he was in an old Volkswagen Beetle, and it caught on fire. Oh. And um, his roommate, uh, Southerners, no one really has their real name, so his roommate is Plank. That's okay. his nickname. Everybody has a nickname. Everybody has, Everybody has a nickname. <laughs> yeah. So um, he was able to pull my brother because he was buckled in and everything was on fire. Wow. So he was able to get my brother out, and uh, he suffered third and fourth degree burns mm. on his arms. And my brother had third and fourth degree burns over his entire torso. And he was rushed, you know, emergently, and the family rushed to his side. And my brother was completely unrecognizable. Horrific burns, and he was on reverse isolation, um, which meant we were the ones that couldn't infect him, and they didn't want any visitors. And my mother said, you know, he's not gonna die alone. So they were kind enough to let us go in and gown up. and. Um, and we prayed every time someone went in. Long story short, he survived. He made it. He okay. made it. He's an awesome. engineer. Okay. He's married, married his high school sweetheart, who they were broken up, and he was dating someone else, and she couldn't deal with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. She couldn't deal with the tragedy. His high school girlfriend was right there, and they've been married for years and years. In fact, their daughter is... Um, expecting and she'll be delivering the end of this month so that's what a story that inspired you to go into nursing and that's why i became a nurse because if it had not have been for the nurses and to to bend the rules so we would be with him because i think if we had not been there he would have died alone i truly believe that so yep i've been a nurse and i actually have changed i i feel like i had a national impact because i spoke nationally on open visitation when I was at the hospital, we had open visitation. When I lived in New England, everywhere I worked, I said, you have no idea the impact that family has. Because when we go home, we forget about it. If they can't visit and they lose their loved one, they'll never, ever get over that. So there's been several incidences. If you don't mind, I'll tell you another incident. Sure, I, go I, ahead. I, I was managing the intensive care department and Ball State, I think they were playing... It was for one of their conference games, the MAC mm-hmm. conference, and uh, they they won a game. I don't know if it was for the conference or not, but I was at the game. And you know how they will take down the goalpost? Mm-hmm. The goalpost came down, and it came down on a student. Ouch. And uh, the student was rushed to our intensive care. I followed. The patient was paralyzed. The spine had been severed. There was nothing that could be done that Ball wasn't doing. Absolutely nothing. I am so proud of the work that they do. They were really just on it. But the family came to me, and they wanted to move their son to Indianapolis. 
And when I went and I talked to our medical director, who again was a wonderful, wonderful man, Dr. Moracle, he and I talked and I said, you know what? We go home knowing everything that could be done was be done. But if we don't move this patient, the family's always going to question, could Mm. something else have been done? And he said, you're right. The patient was moved and sent to Indianapolis, and so now I know the family feels content in knowing that anything that could be done was done, and they can feel good about themselves. Now, along these lines, with COVID happening over the past Mm -hmm. two years, what's your thoughts on that? Like, a lot of people couldn't be with their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Well, I did not work through that. I left the intensive care. I got recruited away, and I took a national position. And I did that for about seven years where I traveled all the time. And then I went back, and I was working in quality. So my role in quality was to ensure that the nurses were doing what they were supposed to Mm -hmm. do to protect the patients. The patients and family were doing what they were supposed to do. I think it was, in history, it's going to be a very difficult time. And I think we'll reflect on that. And what could we learn from it? What could we have done differently? What could we do better? But no, I think it's very hard. It's it's very, very hard. Oh, yeah. And we're, we were and are making decisions based on unprecedented events. And like, we don't have data, and we don't know. And so we're just mm-hmm. trying to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. But it makes it hard on everybody, but yeah. It does. Yeah. It does, especially the elderly. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel probably my heart just aches for them during this time. Well, you kind of mentioned your family so far, but tell us uh, about the family makeup and everything. Well, we're a blended family. So um, Dan and I, we've, we've been together for 16 years now. Dan has a son, Brendan, and Brendan is a personal trainer in Indianapolis, and his wife's a nurse practitioner, and they do not have children. They do not want to have children, and we completely and understand. That's all right. And that's and okay. That's all right. That is all right. We all we all only have one life to live, so exactly. make your own choices. Mm-hmm. And then um, our eldest son, uh, Matthew, he is an aeronautical engineer in New York, and um, he and his wife have two children, Dylan and Clara, twelve and ten. I'm going down the ages, and then there's Mike, and Mike works in Indianapolis. And he has his Ph.D. in um, education, and he is dabbling in the real estate market as well as working. Okay. okay. So that's new for him. And then Allie, our baby, she... How old's the baby? The baby's 31. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they're always your baby, no matter how old they get. I know. My little brother's still my little brother, although he's six feet tall, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, she uh, got her degree from Ball State, and uh, in education, early childhood education. She did that for a while, but she found her passion in real estate. She loves it. So she's been with Coldwell Banker for, I think, at least 10 years now. Okay. And she and her husband also, you know, they're, they have the rental properties as well. So they do that. And she has two children. We have Owen. And Owen was with Dan through the campaign. There was always a baby. And that was Owen. He went (laughs) everywhere with us and did everything with us. And Owen is three and a half. And Cece was born. Cece was born right before all the COVID restrictions. Okay. So when she was born, I was in there with her and this and that. And so we didn't really feel the brunt of that. 
because Cece was born, I think, March 11th. Okay. And it was just oh, short. That was like right before. 16th. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> just right before. Okay. So that's our blended family. And uh, we get together as often as we can. Uh, my favorite are the drop-bys, you know. Oh, hey, well, come on in. You know? <laughs> I love that to see the kids. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I have to ask you about your house. You have a historic house here in Muncie. Is that correct? That is. And, and you've been working on and it. You've for been a working while. on it. Oh, we have. We have. Dan's taking care of the city. I'm taking care of the house. Okay. <laughs> That's the way we divide it. But it's been a labor of love. We actually looked at this house years ago when it was on the market, but they took it off the market. And um and it was in foreclosure. And it's a beautiful old home on a beautiful street. And we thought if we don't save this house, we may lose it altogether. And so it's been a labor of love. It's way too big, way too big for the two of us. <laughs> and one of the things is, as a Southern woman, there's nothing like a front porch. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you just, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's where you entertain. It's where you read. It's where you wave at the neighbors. And people will walk up off the Greenway and talk with Dan. So <laughs> that's, it takes you back. You feel like you're 100 years mm-hmm. ago that you have that openness there. Let me tell you a story about a front porch. Sure. Yeah. Okay. My great-grandfather was in the Civil War, and um, we have a book that our family put together that was from his letters and drawings while, during the Civil War, so it's really interesting. During this period, not everyone was literate. They just weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, they ran their homes. They took care of their families. It was more labor, but he would sit out, and he would read his Bible, and the people would stop by on the porch to hear him read, and he would read the Bible. Oh, he'd read it out loud. Uh-huh. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He would read it out loud, and they would come. When he was very, very old and dying, the family would pick him up and carry him out and put him on his rocking chair on his front porch. So even when he was so old and you couldn't walk, he was still taken care of. So Wow. That's, so the front porch is really very important. Very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you like to do for fun? Oh, let's see. For fun, I love to cook. And let's see. I like to ride my bike. I like to run. Now, are you a marathoner like like your husband is? or No, I'm, nope. ha- I'm a half. Okay. I can All do right. a half. Uh, right. Yeah. I, at one point in my life, I was training, and I was going to do um, the Air Force Marathon there in Quantico when I lived in Maryland, and I was training for that. I gave that up, and I'm like, okay, a half's good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, a half's more than I could do, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you still run and everything now? I don't run like I used to. I don't. But the just house, for fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, just a quick run. Yeah. Um, I tend to walk more now, but um, the house has taken up. In fact, I wake up in the morning and I have my list of everything that I have to do with the house. And it's, you know, it's it kind of takes up a lot of my time. So tell me something that's on your bucket list. One of the main things that's on my bucket list is I would like to go to our family reunion in Johnson City, Tennessee. And that's honoring my great-grandfather. I'm a Johnson, Johnson City, descendant of Andrew Johnson. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. So this family get-together, people come from everywhere to come back to honor my great-grandfather. And so I'd love for all the kids to come in from New York, to come in from Indiana, to come in from everywhere 
and all go because it's in the mountains it's at the foothills of uh, the smoky mountains it's the tri-city johnson city kingsport bristol so it's all right there it's lovely all right. but i'd so like for everybody to get the whole there. family to go to the family reunion mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. takes some coordinating because uh, yes. <laughs> everyone has different schedules they do yeah you know different commitments and so it has been a challenge absolutely what does success mean to you? I think success probably changes with your age. Right now, I think my idea of success is having a family that loves and supports me, working for what I want, and just being happy with what I have. I think that's being successful because I've never believed that money brought you happiness at all but I think that when you can just look around you and just feel really good about all the little things then I think you're much more successful and much much happier and I don't like the whole comparison thing I think if you start comparing yourself that's a dead-end street because there's always always going to have someone who has more is prettier is smarter is all these things so be happy with who you are and what you have And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. The number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? My favorite band is the Eagles. Okay. And I had a huge crush on Glenn Frey, you know. (laughs) I mean, really. It doesn't matter if his hair was long or short. It didn't matter. Even the 80s Glenn Frey? Oh, 70s were my favorite. But the 80s Glenn Frey, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Miami Vice, you know, and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Okay. Early bird. I will, if we need to get together, I will meet you as early as you allow. If it's a 4 a.m., I'm there. Okay. Yeah, that's all the years of nursing. I, I would bet so, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite book? Well, I have to say the Bible is mm-hmm. my favorite mm-hmm. book because if you really listen to it and you really read it, it is so full of adventures. I mean, if you just think about David and fighting Goliath, and you think about David when he was king and his own son, Absalom, is trying to take the throne from him. And, I mean, your own child and the battles. I mean, it's just amazing. It is better than any TV production that you'd ever want to see because it covers everything. So, I, yeah, that's it. Have you ever met anyone famous? Yes, I have. Let's see. I've met, uh, let's see, Jimmy Carter and Roslyn, because uh, I'm a Georgia girl. Yeah, so Jimmy Carter and Roslyn, uh, Steve Bale. Do you remember Steve Bale? He did a lot of the war correspondence. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he was here in Muncie with Ball State. Oh, okay. I mean, he was huge. So I met him. I met uh, actor Andrew Shue and his wife, Amy Robaugh. So I met both of them, met Will Power on the Indy car, okay. uh, met him, and um, I met Manny Rivers, and he was huge in surviving sepsis, because okay. you'll hear someone died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they died of sepsis. Uh. And so because you get an infection and it becomes septic, and if you catch it early enough, you can actually have an impact and reverse it. So that's it, being keenly aware of what to look for and how to best manage it. And Manny Rivers is the one who actually got all of that going and probably has saved so many people. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your guilty pleasure? I have two. Oh, that's all right. One is chocolate. Okay. 
and one is TV. So if I can have chocolate and TV, because, okay. you know, I don't like to watch a lot of TV, but sometimes I do. Sometimes you just have to. Do you have a favorite TV show or thing you watch? I mean, it's a really guilty pleasure. I enjoy watching Family Feud because the silly things the family members <laughs> oh, say. Yeah. I like the older versions because they were a lot cleaner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do like that, and I love Jeopardy. I we- love Jeopardy. It's my favorite. What do you think the new host? Y- yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. No one that's can enough. live up to I Alex mean, Trebek, yeah, I mean, really. it's such the shoes you have to walk into. Oh, I mean, I that's, you know, I would rather have like three or four in between and then come up, you know. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Still Magnolias. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. My Aunt Margaret is certainly fits right in there. Mm-hmm. What's your hidden talent? Telling time. You can tell time. Without a watch. Okay. No, no, it's one of those Just things. look at the sun or what? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know what it is. But, like, if I have to be at the airport and I have to wake up at a certain time, I just tell myself, you need to wake up. I, and I, you wake up. Yeah, I don't use an alarm or anything like that. And if I if we're out doing things all day without looking at my phone, I can usually be within 10 minutes of okay. of the time. Now, Dan has, he has a GPS in his head. He knows what direction, where to go, and how to go. And me... <laughs> No idea. He'll, where where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm calling. I'm in Muncie somewhere. Where are <laughs> Maybe <you? laughs> this was before GPS. Oh, I yeah. don't know where I am. When Matt and I first started dating, I I do not have a GPS. I could get even lo- when she has a GPS, she still doesn't I, know where she's going. I still get lost even with the GPS. So back in the day, before when I and I lived not in Muncie, so and Muncie streets are so confusing. So I would call Matt and like have your phone on because I'm coming to meet you for a date or whatever but I am going to get lost so please oh, please answer when I call you and eventually he did <laughs> well Dan will say what direction are you going I said well straight <laughs> yeah, don't confuse me with north and south I don't know turn at the Taco Bell <laughs> exactly that's me yeah do you sing in the shower no 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 I have a, a terrible voice I can't carry a tune at all I wish I could I, I at least if I could sing in church you everyone know everyone can sing in church I know but <laughs> I, I I know I'm off key and this and that so I don't sing very loud oh, but um right. but no and no one else wants to hear me sing oh, okay. either so no all I right. don't now do you sing in the car yeah, because yeah, I'm by myself. Yeah, nobody can hear that. Yeah, and the Eagles comes on, and you're just, you are just going uh, to town. Top Peace, of your lungs. Peaceful, easy feeling. <laughs> I mean, what is better than that? Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Oh, good, good. Okay, all right. The original Star Wars, not the new Star Wars. Not the new stuff. Just, now, I'll watch just, them. Yeah. But there's only the original. Okay. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Um, Heart and prayers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those what's are the, good. What's classes. the prayers? Is that like the hands? Or uh-huh. Yeah, the hand, okay. the hand prayers. Mm-hmm. Heart, heart and mm-hmm. prayers. Hearts and prayers. That is one thing that um, you are more connected now with people and their loss and their challenges than you were before. So you you do you you do um, pray for people a lot more that you may not have before because you just weren't aware. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. It's been my pleasure. Well, we're getting close to the end of the year, which means we had to pull out the 2,000 questions about me. <laughs> which means book. we are running out of things to talk about. <laughs> we are. It's the end of the year. We're kind of running out of things. So uh, I've, I've got the book. I've got a few questions for you. You ready you? to answer? 
Are you going to answer too? Oh, I'm going to answer him too. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then I am ready. I'm making Matt pick all the questions because he always poo poos the ones I pick. So I, I think this one will either be really easy or you won't be able to think of one. But what is your favorite band beginning with the letter Q? Q? Yes. Now there's only one I can think of, but I thought I'd ask you. Is it like Quicksilver or Quick something? No. That might be a Christian band. How about Queen? Oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm an idiot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's about the only That's... one I can think of. Quarter Flash from the 80s, which you probably don't even I've know I've never heard of them, no. Yeah. So, Quicksilver, I think, is a store from like the 90s. Like, right? Also a really fast guy in the Marvel movies. And... Really? Yeah. I, again, you're talking things that I don't know. <laughs> Shocker, I know. <laughs> Next. What book do you think should be mandatory for everyone on the planet? To read. You're going to say something like, who moved my cheese or... Uh, oh, gosh, no. No, thinking I would rich. get made fun of that now. Well, it, it was revolutionary at the time, it was, apparently. It was. So. In, the, in, the, in the 90s, it was, it was something. I think everybody should read, I don't know about this book necessarily, but something about the five love languages. Now, it's very rooted in Jesus and church things. So yeah. that's why I'm saying it may not apply to like everybody, but it's become like mainstream and everybody talks about their love languages and everything. And I think it's important to learn that not only in like relationships, but like relation, like personal relationships, but like work relationships and kids and family and all that kind of thing. I am going with how to win friends and influence people. Okay. That's a good one too. I have not read that. You haven't read that? I don't think so. That's surprising. I know. Because I have lots of friends. And do I influence people? Maybe. We don't know. Well. Hopefully. It's, it's a good one. All right. What is the craziest craving you've ever had? I don't know about crazy, but when I was pregnant with Audia, I wanted bloody steak. Like as as rare. Like You still want that. Well, yeah, but it started when I was pregnant with her and it's never really gone away. I don't want well done steak. That's disgusting. Who wants to eat that? I want it uh, almost, almost purple, but not quite purple. But if it comes out purple, I'll still probably eat it. It's fine. And I also wanted a wasabi, as spicy as you could get it. How about you? Do you have weird cravings? Um, and mostly they're seasonal, seasonal cravings, such okay. as uh, you know, corn, sweet corn in the in the summer. Oh well, yeah. Or watermelon. <sighs> no, no. Like I don't want it right now. But now that it's winter, I want uh, uh, grapefruit <laughs> because we would always get FFA grapefruit and we got we some currently this year. have FFA grapefruit now <laughs> so uh so grapefruit and uh, of course chocolate uh wow. Esther Price chocolate from Dayton Ohio oh well, yes oh yum 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 delicious I'm gonna tell you that you have bananas in the house right now and yeah. I cannot eat bananas in the winter I don't want to eat bananas in the winter bananas right. are a summertime food see I just figure they're potassium you have I know. to have potassium so you don't get the leg cramps they're good but and I have to be in the mood for a banana like I can't just willy-nilly eat a banana also while we're talking about food yeah i have to tell this matt howell got out the chex mix yes yesterday oh yes yum yum i love chex mix matt doesn't like you don't like the little uh breads in there no the little hard rye bread things. those are the best those are my favorite which nope. is great so now i get to eat them with matt and he doesn't eat them so i but get them what all. did i do but what did he do he like i upgraded like it. a monster no this was not an upgrade we also had some Cheez-Its, like the end of the bag kind of Cheez-Its or whatever. Yeah. So you took the Cheez-Its and Yum. dumped them in the Chex Mix. In a bowl and... And, and like and mixed, mixed them up. all together like some psycho. Like, no, no, no. I like Cheez-Its. I like Chex Mix. 
I do not like the two together. Well, the other night, Ugh. before that, I did Chex Mix, Cheez-Its, and Nuts. Are you? Cashews and almonds. Are and you mixed a it all monster? It was so good. Oh so salty. No. One, that's so salty. I'm surprised you're not dead. Two, oh my gosh, that is so mixing. Like I, and when I eat Chex Mix, yeah. I, I take like, I pick out the corn. Oh, I'm sure you do. I eat you, them. You, you, you ate. Eat all three at the same time? No, or do you no. eat them individually? Individually. Why would oh, you mix God. them together? No. Okay. We all know that I don't like my foods to mix and touch, but I just, that the peanuts in there too kills me. All right. Next. Have you ever walked out of a restaurant without paying your bill? And if so, why? No, I have not. Never? I don't think so. You've not. Never not paid the bill? You not just, knowingly. No. Okay. We did go out to lunch with somebody once. Remember when we went out to was it a farm stand somewhere, and we just got up and left. <laughs> oh, probably probably was. We probably still owe. No, day no. Ring. We went back in pain. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no, we went back in pain because it was me, you, and Melanie Howe. We went out to lunch, and oh, we were yeah. all talking blah 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 because that's what we do when we get together. And we just got up and walked out, and like. She went on her way. We went on our way. And like 10 minutes later, we were like, oh, we forgot to pay. So like we went back and we cut, we paid for the whole thing. And then Melanie paid us back. and It was all fine. But uh, we <laughs> totally, we totally did walk out of the farm stand and didn't pay. Well, my, uh, my experience was, well, I can remember only one time. And that was after a concert, uh, the Motley Crue Warrant concert oh back in 1991. No, uh, 1989. December 2nd, 1989. Remember the date because I was so cold. Is this a day that will live in infamy? Oh, yes. It was a very fun. And there's more to the story. But anyway, we ended up at Steak and Shake after the concert. And we were all eating. Uh, we had some upperclassmen with us. They they paid their bill or whatever. And we just walked out. You guys <laughs> are jerk faces. No. Hey, it was the 80s. Come on. Uh, you still should have known better. <laughs> it, it was on the cusp of the 80s. The, I guess. Yeah, barely the 80s, apparently. I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> do you think in this day and age, investing in the stock market is wise? Yes, I do. Of course you do, because you have the Robinhood app. <laughs> I do. I heard on the radio today they are cracking down on that stuff. Yes, they are. They're because pitting. we're gaming the system, and those rich people don't like us making that much money. I know, which is not fair because they can make all kinds of money. Why can't I make money too? I'm an ape. Come on. Anyway, I've got yes, I still have my Robinhood app going uh, right now. All of the stocks are kind of in the toilet at the moment, but they're going to come what back. I've heard there is everything. Everything's just weird. Well, inflation numbers and blah 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 and a bunch of stuff. Everything's weird, and nobody knows what's well, that happening. Stock market always makes money. Well. Yes, and it, it always goes up and it goes down. And, like, I think you should be in it for the long haul. Like, this, I'm not investing millions of dollars in this no, Robin I Hood. Want that, I want that quick money. Well, if I would have sold... I want to put $10 down and make 20 Well, if I would have sold AMC back a few months ago. Ah, uh, see? <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? Diamond fist? Diamond I, hands? Diamond hands! Diamond hands! Uh. I still have diamond hands, not paper hands. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I think people should invest in the stock market, but only invest what you are willing and able to lose. What about the lottery? No. Should people play the lottery? No, people should not play the lottery, Matt Howell. I, I do. I know you do. I think you might as well just throw your money down the toilet. If you took those $2 every every week or however often you pay it, yeah. you put that in like a bank account, you'll at least make a tiny bit of interest. Or if you put that in the stock market, you can make all kinds of money. So, are you going to give up your coffee money then? No. 
I'm not invest. See? I'm not. <laughs> it's ex- two dollars. I am not expecting my coffee money to give to me an investment. I can never win if I don't play. Well, that's true. Anyway, uh, you can play it if you want. I mean, two dollars is not that big of a deal. So it's, but if you <laughs> compared to the five dollar mocha, yeah. Well, yes, but if you start like, <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna put in all kinds of money and all kinds of money, and I'm gonna hit it, or I'm gonna go. Oh to the, no, I'd never do that. Or I'm gonna go to the, it, you know. I am one of those casino. people that you know. Oh, you could buy a whole, a whole thing roll. of raffle tickets for. Twenty dollars or something like that. I'm like, no, all I need is one. But if you I have twenty, you increase ticket. your odds of winning. That's why the people who win the lottery are like big, like factories and stuff, and they all go they in pool their and money. they pool their yes, money and I they know. buy like a hundred tickets or whatever because then you have a hundred chances instead of just one. So you're gaming the system there too. I just think the universe will someday pick me, mm. and then I can spend my money on all kinds of things. If I won the lottery, yeah, yeah I'm not telling. I might tell you that's probably about it, if you're lucky. <laughs> I'm not I'll, telling anybody. I'll figure out a way to get the money from you. Nope, nope, nope. But you don't pay. You don't play. But no, but if I did, if the universe found a way to give me a million dollars. Yeah? You I, wouldn't tell anybody? Nope. I would still keep my job. I would still do what I do. But you get so many instant friends. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> I have just enough friends the way I am right now. I don't need any more. Well, let's stay poor. <laughs> Pow. Pow. <laughs> to the moon. Diamond hands. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone gone boss. boss.